Well, one more time, welcome. So thankful that you are here and a part of what God's doing. Uh, also want to say a special thank you and welcome to those of you who are joining us online or through the Facebook. If you have not already taken advantage of uh, pulling out and connecting with us through the digital connect card, you want to make sure and do that. Uh, we are in the middle of this series called Prove It. Uh, using a lot of mathematical stuff, throw it in there. And obviously, uh, we have some popcorn for those of you who are here. But those of you who may not be here, and even those of you who are here, if you fill out that card, you get an opportunity to find out just how wonderful pie is. And yeah, there's a the mathematical equation, but we actually want to give you pie. I was able to give away a beautiful cherry cheese uh, cream cheese pie this week. It was really hard for me to give it away. Like I, I was sitting there in my fridge. I'm like, man, like I maybe need to buy one of these for myself. But uh, but we gave it away, and we're going to give away another pie this week. So make sure you fill that out um, and let let us know you're here so that we can connect with you and and get you an opportunity to win a pie this week. In case you are not aware already, today is Valentine's Day. Uh, for any of you who are here in Menominee, and especially if you are a guy and you missed it, uh, just to let you know, I found out from a very reliable source, Lakeview Floral is open today, so uh, you can uh, run out there and grab a flower in case you, you, you forgot. Um, but obviously, we, we got some very responsible people here in this room, and so I, I know you guys have already got that taken care of. But uh, yeah, I... I just want to admit to you this morning, I love a good love story. Like, I just, I really, I mean, I may, I'm maybe not into those sappy romance movies, but I love a really good, real love story. And it might be because I'm involved in two of the greatest love stories that have ever been told. Um, obviously, one of them is uh, being written even right now with me and my wife. Uh, we, I, we figured out that 24 Years ago today, I gave my first Valentine's card to her, and so I, I don't think I've missed a Valentine's since, and so it, it's exciting. We, we pulled out the binder that actually had, and she kept the original one, and it's in there, and then she read a bunch of the cheesy poems and, and things that I have given throughout the years, especially when we were in college and we were letting our kids kind of see that, and crazy part was they were driving, like, we, we met at Bible college. She went home uh, for a little bit to do some student teaching, and then she drove a U-Haul truck to meet me at graduation, and then she went home with her parents, and then I drove the U-Haul truck all the way to Glendive, Montana, where we started our life together. And on the way driving to Bible college, they stopped in Menominee, and there's a picture of them at the Menominee rest area. And so like, who knew back all those years ago, God was already put, I mean, like we, op we, we didn't even know we were going through the pages like, oh my word, Menominee. So all the way back there, our love story was drawing us towards Menominee. So uh, we're excited to be here. And I mean, the other part of the love story, hopefully you've experienced is we are all in a divine love story with God. God so loved us that he gave us his son, and he invited us into that love story. And we've been looking through the book of 1 John and talking about what it is to be connected. And 1 John is a letter written by the Apostle John, who was a close friend of Jesus. And he was encouraging the early church to stay connected to this first love. 
and, and to show their love by proving it by the way they lived. And so today we're supposed to be looking at 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. But in that, it talks about how if you love God, you're going to prove it by the way you live. That if you really love him, you will prove it by your obedience to him. And so today, rather than me just sharing a message about what it means to be obedient to God, I thought I would give an opportunity for some people to get up and share a little bit about how God is dragging them along this love story and how God is using their obedience to open doors. And so I'm going to invite the Dietrichs to come up at this time. We're going to play a little video, and I'm going to let them share about being obedient to God and following his call upon their lives. nearly 8 billion people alive today with over 2 billion people who have no knowledge of the gospel. That's one in four people. Jesus clearly gives us his command to share his love with others so that all may come to know him. The message is simple. However, many have not heard the good news or the promise given to those who believe. Hello, we're the Dietrichs, Julian and Ty. We believe God has called us to help minister to a people group of which many have not been introduced to the gospel. We've partnered with AG World Mission and have been appointed to serve as missionaries to Burundi, Africa. While serving in Burundi, our ministry will be connected to the Burundian National Church where we will be delivering education and training programs to pastors and church leaders, as well as participating in compassion ministries, such as medical outreaches and evangelism efforts. Burundi, Africa is located in East Africa and has a history of civil unrest, genocide, and national poverty. Burundi has been named the world's second poorest country with an average annual income of $648. The average age of a Burundian national is 14 years of age. The country of Burundi has certainly suffered great setbacks in the past. However, the National AG Church is growing and the opportunity to engage in ministry is now. The people of Burundi are resilient. They're loving and they are open to hearing the gospel. Please pray with us that the hearts of the Burundian people will continue to desire God and that our ministry will make an impact for eternity. With you and your partnership, we can be your hands and feet in extending the gospel to a world of lost people. To learn more about our ministry or the country of Burundi, visit our website, DietrichsJourney.com. We believe God has set before us an incredible opportunity, called by him to present his gospel, the good news, to others. Will you partner with us in taking the gospel to Burundi, Africa, so that all may know and believe in him and have eternal life? Good morning. I, I, I love your church. Like, 
Candy hearts, pie, pastor, why didn't you tell me? We're coming every week, oh my goodness, wow. Uh, thank you for allowing us to come today. So we are the Dietrichs, Todd and Julene. And I have to tell you, before we start, um, I, I wanna capture a selfie with you guys, if I can do that, right? We are um, chronologically, or yeah, chronologizing. thank you. That's the word I'm looking for, our journey. So you are now part of our journey. So all right, we need to squeeze together here. Can we do this? And on the count of three, um, nice and loud, right? Cheese, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this, all right? Ooh, good. Um, Pastor, are you smiling? I can't see under your mask. All right, are you good? One, two. Cheese! Uh, nice, good job. All right, let me... Oh, nice. Good work. Very good. Uh -huh. Thank you, guys. We are going to post that later and tag you in that. So uh, thank you again for allowing us to come today and, and share with you. Uh, we, we are so excited and blessed to be here. So thank you. We wanted to share a little bit how we settled on the country of Burundi. Todd and I attend Northridge Church in Marshfield. And uh, while there, we've been mission pastors for the past several years. And we've had the opportunity to take several teams to various countries. And some countries are El Salvador, Kenya, Ukraine, to name a few. And we've done medical and evangelistic outreaches. A year ago, um, we didn't even know that Burundi existed. And along the way, through these various different trips, God grabbed our heart towards missions. And now he's called us to actually be long-term missionaries. God may be stirring in your heart a little bit about something that he wants you to do. And our encouragement for you is to really seek God about what he would have you do. Pray about it. Fast about it. Don't give up. Don't give up hope on what he has to do. You just don't know when or how God is going to open that door and allow you to pursue through whatever he's called you to, what he's laid on your heart. Thank you again for, for allowing us to come today. So I believe that God has laid on our hearts this morning a message to deliver to you today. For, for whatever given reason, we just so believe. And I want to tell you a, a very simple story that you already know and you've heard many times. It's the story of, of Gideon found in Judges 6 and 7. And I'd like to read this morning for just a, a, a short couple of paragraphs or verses found in Judges 6 verses 11 through 14 and it reads the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abbey Ezraite, where his son Gideon was thrashing wheat in the winepress to keep it from the Midianites when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon he said the Lord is with you mighty warrior Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Where, where are all of the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midian. Verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian hand. Am I not sending you? If you will bow your heart this morning as we, we pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here. 
in, in your presence. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the, the graciousness of your people. Father, I ask that you would open the ears to receive and our minds to understand that what you might have for us this day. Father, take, take my words and use them and translate them for your glory and your kingdom's sake, we pray. In your name, amen. Judges 6.14 says, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midianite hands. Am I not sending you? You know the story of, of Gideon. We know from Scripture that Gideon was appointed by God. In fact, he was called to be a judge. And judges are political leaders sometimes. Perhaps they're local heroes. They might be war heroes and warriors from battle. The word judge actually means to deliver. So think about that word deliver as it relates to the story of Gideon. We see that God is wanting to set the Israelites free. It's very clear. And the Israelites, as we know, were brought out of captivity after 400 years in Egypt. And God had promised the promised land to the Israelites. Very clear God was calling them. And life had been good for the Israelites for, for a long period of time. But we're finding them in Scripture, as Scripture tells us, that they're becoming complacent. And they, they begin to sin. They're, they're actually turning their backs on, on God. We, we read it very clearly in the story. In fact, in, in the opening verse in chapter 6 of Judges, it reads, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years, this to mean God, gave them, the Israelites, to the hands of the Midianites. So think about that. The, the Israelites are sinning. God caused the Midianites to take them captive. And they've been captive, as we know, for seven years. Seven complete years. The Midianites would come to the Israelites and they would pillage their villages. They take their crops, they take their, their females, they, they take their children. Whatever they wanted, the Midianites would come and take it. They were captive for seven years years. We see very clearly in scripture that they've been sinning and the Israelites begin to cry out to God, God help me. Isn't it just like us as humans when, when we're in trouble, we, we know who to call upon and we, we cry out to God. We know that at this point in time, it's the harvest time and more than likely as in years past, again they've been captive for seven years, the Midianites are probably coming to take the crops. They're, they're more than likely going to begin their, their pillage yet again. And so we see Gideon. He's a farmer by trade, as we learn in Scripture. He's in a wine press, and he's thrashing wheat. It's harvest time. Now, perhaps Gideon is sitting there. Maybe he, he's hiding from the Midianites. Perhaps he's afraid of what might coming if history again of the last few years holds true. What's interesting though is you read scripture when you thrash wheat you you wouldn't go to a wine press that's often cold and maybe it's in in a cool place in a shaded place but you would normally thrash wheat perhaps on a hillside where when you shake the wheat the wheat falls and the chaff is blown away by the wind. So we, we know that by design, Gideon, is, is, is he, he's hanging low. He's not really thrashing wheat. Perhaps he's hiding.
from the Midianites. So we know that he's, he's in this wine press, and suddenly an angel taps Gideon on the shoulder. And he goes, hey, my friend Gideon, you know what? God's called you. He is calling you. He wants you to lead the Israelites away from the captivity of the Midianites. Well, we see Gideon go, whoa, angel friend, like, ah, I think you got the wrong person. You clearly don't know who I am. Ah, nope, this isn't for me. I think you're, you're, you're mixed up. But we see clearly the angel saying, nope, I'm pretty sure this is for you, Gideon, right? You are going to lead Israelites to freedom from this captive state of seven years. In fact, it, it says in Scripture, I've come to you now go. Very clear. It, it's, it's very clear. Like Gideon can't confuse this, right? It says, go, am I not sending you? We read that in, in verse 14. Now, it's, it's interesting. I believe that Gideon is faced with this act of obedience. Will Gideon really obey God and, and lead the Israelites to the freedom of this captive state by the Midianite hand. Now, I don't read anywhere in scripture that the angel came to Gideon and said, hey, Gideon, you know, I'm going to give you like three choices. You just choose whichever one you want, right? We don't see that happening. The angel comes and goes, Gideon, you're going to lead these people out of captive state. It's, it's plain. It's simple. There's no options that's happening right here. Now, what's really interesting as you fast forward in this story of Gideon, we see in verse 36 Gideon comes before God, and he says something like, okay, God, you know what? I'm, I'm really trying to be obedient, but you got you to gotta confirm it for me. Like, I, like, really, I hear what the angel said, you know, and I get it, and I'm trying to be obedient, but could you just confirm what you want me to do? And we know this part of, of Scripture really well. Gideon acknowledges that the angel has come, but he's looking for a confirmation. He's looking to really know that God wants him to do this work. And so we see Gideon saying, hey, please, God, you know what? I, I, I just, I, I need this confirmation. So we see Gideon, he goes, how about if I put this wool fleece out on the floor, the thrashing floor, and how about you put dew, you make this, this fleece wet, but the ground underneath, you let it be dry. I'll know that if, if you do that for me, I'll know that you really want me to go. I, I promise I'll be obedient and I'll do it. I'll do whatever you want. So we see Gideon, again, lay the fleece out, and the next morning comes, and we know very clearly the fleece is wet and the ground is dry. Ooh, now Gideon's in a really awkward spot, isn't he? Okay, he, he's, he's being called by God to be obedient. He's testing God, and God delivers that. But we see Gideon very clearly, again, in Scripture, going, okay, God, like, oh, God, you know, I know you just did this for me, but God, will you, will you indulge me one more time? Will you do, I, I just, I, I need your help. Like, God, could, could you just confirm one more time for me? Right, just one more, that's all I ask. So God, if, if you would this time, please let the, the fleece be dry and let the ground be wet. I'll, I will, I promise you, I will do whatever you want. He lays the fleece out again, and what do you think happens the next morning? Just the opposite, right? The fleece is 
dry and the ground is wet. So we see Gideon in his act of obedience going, God, I, I'll do whatever you want, right? God, I, I, I will do just, okay, I got it, God, I got it. Isn't that just like us sometimes where God calls us to obedience and we have to test God because we can't trust. We can't surrender. We can't understand what God is trying to do in our hearts and our lives. It's crazy, isn't it? But we see Gideon. He's beginning to, to plan his battle. He's gathering an army together. He gathers an army of 32,000 men. He's going to move forward, and he is going to bring victory to the Israelites. We know what happens next. God taps him on the shoulder and goes, hey, Gideon, you've got way too many men, my friend. Like, no, no, no. You, you don't need 32,000 men. I want you to send home, Gideon, all of the men that don't want to be here, that are afraid, whatever. You just send them home. We learn in Scripture that 22,000 men go home. Now, think about that. 22,000 men. He had 32,000 men. 22,000 men go home. He now has 10,000 men. Now, if you were Gideon, and you were staged for 32,000 men, and God said, whoa, send him home, and you've got 10,000, you've got to be thinking, how am I going to do this? What's going to happen? How am I going to win this battle? How can I do what I need to do, God? Are, are you serious? Why? Gideon obeys. And again, in an act of obedience, he sends the 22,000 men home. He's got an army of 10,000 men. Gideon continues to, to plan and move forward. God taps him on the shoulder yet again. Gideon, you've got too many men, my friend. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this army, and I want you to take them down to the river, and I want you to watch the men, and the men that kneel down and lap water on their knees, I want you to send them home. Gideon, again, in his act of obedience, does exactly what God wants. Takes him down to the river. He watches the men, how they're drinking. If they get down on their knee, how they lap the water, if they cup it in their hand. And he sends 9,700 men home. An act of obedience. Gideon now has 300 men. Think about that, 32,000, 10,000. Now he has an army of 300 men. What do you think Gideon is thinking at that very moment? Like, is he, is he trusting God now? What, what's he thinking in his mind? What we see in Scripture is Gideon gets down on his knees. He takes it before God. He goes, God, like, what's happening here? God, give me, give me direction. And we see Gideon getting direction. He gets direction to take his 300 men, break them down into three groups of 100 men each. So Gideon does that. Now, friends, what's really interesting here, if you think about Gideon in his army of 32,000 men, the very beginning number. He had these men all pulled together, right? They were, they were ready to do whatever Gideon asked them. With 32,000 men, Gideon would have had one soldier for every four soldiers of the Midianites. One to four. That's, that's pretty good odds, right? Think about that. But think about 300 men. The odds now change for every one person that Gideon had. There were 450 
Midianite soldiers, warriors. Think about that. The odds are clearly stacked against Gideon. There is no way. Gideon's got to be thinking in his mind, God, what are you doing to me? How can I bring victory? I can't do it, right? One soldier to 450? It's impossible. From a human perspective, Gideon is in trouble, and he knows it. Right? How can that be? But he continues his obedience. Very clearly, he continues his obedience. And God gives him this plan. He's, he's on his needs. God reveals three groups of 100 men. But here's the crazy part. I love this part of the, the story that we learn in Scripture. God tells him to use unconventional weapons. What's he use? He uses trumpets, pitchers, torches. Are you kidding? God, like, you want me to do what? Like the story just becomes more unbelievable, right? The, the act of obedience to use like things laying around your house in the kitchen, pitchers, torches, like, are you serious, God? What do you, what, what is going on? Friends, we, I truly believe God doesn't call us to do the hard stuff, but he calls us to do the impossible. Did you hear that? I don't think God calls us to do hard stuff, but I think and I believe he calls us to do the impossible. Look at Gideon. The impossible task is before him from a human perspective. When God's plans don't make any sense and he calls us to be obedient, it's hard. It's hard. When God calls us to do something, when we look at it and say, are you kidding me? This can't be done. This is crazy. Like, how can I do what you want me to do? Friends, I've, we've learned in our journey that regardless of how odd the strategy is, that we, we need to be obedient to God. When, when a battle doesn't make any sense, we've got to work it out in faith on our knees through an act of obedience. Right? When it doesn't make any sense, right, we've got to work it out on our knees. So we see the battle is about to come. It's day of the battle. We know that the battle takes place at night. Very clearly in Scripture, it tells us at midnight, in fact, the battle unfolds. Gideon gathers his men around, three groups of 100. He gives them final instructions, right? Now think about the act of obedience that the soldiers also had to have, the warriors, right? 300 men. They knew that they had 32,000 men. Now they have 300, and here they stand in this small group. And Gideon gives them instruction. He tells them exactly what they're going to do. They're going to do four things. They're going to blow the trumpets. They're going to break the pitchers. They're going to light the torches. And they're going to yell. Like, are you serious? You want me to do what? Just think about what you would feel like if you were one of those soldiers. It doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense. But we see that through this crazy act of 32,000, 10,300 men, this unconventional weapon, God brings victory through every single one of their obedience. Think about that. So how, how did Gideon win the battle? We, we saw it, right? He began the battle on his knees. He faced the battle being victorious, right, by following God's commands and the things that he asked him to do very, very clearly. The, the, it was all about God's timing. Think about every single detail, the time of day, the number of soldiers, the unconventional weapons. Everything that he did was by God's design. It's through God's perfect timing that Gideon and his obedience to follow God won the victory. 
and the Midianites are, are no longer holding the Israelites captive. Friends, I have, to, I have to tell you, this story resonates so much with Julian and I as, as we began our journey, and we're calling it Dietrich's journey. This story of obedience, right? Is, we're living it, friends, right here, right now, as an act of surrendering to God as he's called us to go to Burundi, Africa. We're using the term obedience. God laid that in our hearts. You're in this series. That, you know, again, God, I believe, has a word for someone today to be obedient to what he's calling you to do. We're, we're walking through this journey of obedience. When we look at that word obedient, there's, there's a little word inside the word obedient. It's the word be. The letters B-E. Be obedient. Do you know how difficult it is to be obedient, friends? It's an incredibly hard, right, when you think about what's going on in our lives. The, the word obedient is a verb word. It's an action word, and it means to go or to come or to take place. Friends, we're, we're going. We're taking place. We're, we're changing our lives very drastically. And we believe that God has called us to go to Burundi. We knew that God was working in our hearts and lives, and, and we pledged to God, we'd go wherever it is that you wanted us to go. We'd do whatever it is that you wanted us to do. We, we pledged that, right? But when that call came, when God knocked on our heart's door and said, okay, Todd and Julene, right, you need to be obedient. Let me tell you, friends, it's intimidating, and it's frightening, and it's challenging in every sense of the word. Now be obedient. Todd and Julene, it, it's, it's hard, friends, right? But we're, we're working through and we're being obedient. When we think about where we are, we're, we've got a, a great home. We've got good jobs. We're financially stable. We've got family and friends that are close, right? And suddenly our life is taking a significant change through an act of obedience. Think about that, that act of obedience. We believe that God has, has truly prepared us for the journey, and his timing for, for us to go to Burundi is absolutely incredible. And it's no coincidence that God has called us based on where we are and the time and the place and the things that are happening in the country of Burundi. It's not by coincidence. It's interesting that we think about how God has opened the doors for Burundi. But as I, I stand and I look out today at each of your faces, I can't help but wonder in, in my spirit and my heart, what's God calling you to do in an act of obedience? What is he calling you to do? Where is he calling you to go? Maybe it's for you to, to serve differently in the church. Maybe he's asking you to quit your job and take a different job. Maybe he's pricking your heart to help a family that you know you should help, but you've been resistant to help. Or how about what if, just what if God were calling you to the ministry or to the mission field? What if he were calling you? Can you be obedient? Can you look at God and say, oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm good right where I'm at, but thanks for the offer. Can you, can you, can you do that? Are you listening to what God might be calling you to do? I, I don't know where you're at or what's happening in your life. And I can tell you, for Julian and I, it's intimidating. It's frightening. We wake up some days and we look at each other and go, what's God doing to us? Like, are you kidding God? Like, help us. 
right? It, it, it's scary. It's stretching our faith to give up and to leave everything that we have today. Friends, I believe this message is for someone. This is not coincidence that God laid this message on my heart today for you, someone in this room to hear or someone online to hear that God might be calling you to do something. And are you willing to be obedient? Perhaps your, your obedience is to be able to partner with us in something as, as simple as just pray for us every single day. Make a commitment to be obedient, to pray for us. Maybe it's a commitment to obedience to send us email and FaceTime us and text us, right? And say, hey, I'm just praying for you, Todd and Juline, right? Or, or maybe God's calling you to be a monthly financial supporter of our ministry, Right? Your, your church may support us, but maybe God's calling and pricking your heart to say, you know what, I need to do this. Will you be obedient in that act? You see, friends, we believe that God is calling us to Burundi. Burundi is a really interesting country. There's so much that's happening in Burundi, and I think the simple, simple approach here is Burundi needs Jesus. Burundi is a country that has been closed to the gospel from 1993 to 2006. The country went through a civil war. Thousands and hundreds of thousands of people died. There was a genocide period. There were aging missionaries in the country, and they were all asked to leave for obvious reasons of safety. There were other denominations of missionaries in the country. They were also asked to leave. There has not been an aging missionary in the country of Burundi for the past 14 years. Can you, can you imagine that? And right now, right here today, the country is opened. The government is partnering with the National AG Church saying, come back. We, we know that there's a hole when you left. And so we are so honored to be able to go to Burundi and to help fill the need in Burundi. You saw in the video just a few minutes ago, 45% of the country is 14 years of age or younger. And you go, how can that be? It's because of the Civil War. It ended 14 years ago. Baby boom, the average age is 14 years old. That's incredible, friends, isn't it? The second poorest country in the world with $648 annual income. But, friends, the good news is the church is alive. There are 63 churches across the country. There's a group of believers that are praising God and dedicated to God, but they need help. Right? The mission cannot be completed as God calls us to go. So as Julene and I get ready to go to Burundi, we're, we're itinerating, obviously. So my past experience is banking and finance and healthcare administration, that senior level leadership, strategic role, executive level. I've been a college professor at the University of Wisconsin system for 25 years, got a good doctorate degree in education, leadership. And the, the AG National Church has said, could you come tomorrow, Todd? We need a Bible school. We know that God's sending you to open a Bible school and a training center. There isn't one in the country today. Can you imagine that? There isn't one pastor that can be trained through a Bible school or a training center. We're going to work to establish that. Julene is a medical provider. She's got a practice of oncology patients. We believe that God is sending her to do medical missions and, and to bring medicine to the people of Burundi at the same time doing evangelism work. We're going to partner medicine and ministry together. 
I know Julian wants to talk to you. If there's any medical people here today, she wants your name and number. You're coming to Burundi to help her, okay? So she, watch out. She's looking for you, right? We just believe that God has staged so many things that are happening in the country of Burundi. And again, it's not by coincidence, friends. It's by divine nature of Jesus Christ who's putting together a team to take ministry to the country of Burundi. And it, friends, it's through an act of obedience. The needs are great, and the workers are few. We get asked, Todd and Julian, what, what do you want from us? What do you need? How can we help you? We always say, pray, please pray for us, right? We know as Gideon, the battle is won on our knees. Pray for us. We ask that you would do that, please. Encourage us, as I said earlier, with, prayer, with prayers and emails and text messages that FaceTime us, right? And on our birthdays, anniversary, Christmas, holidays, right? We're going to be nearly 8,000 miles away from home. Remember us, friends, right? And third, if God is laying on your heart today to support us financially, individually, not the church, but you, be obedient to what God might call you to do. Friends, we can't go to Burundi until we have our financial support raised. You know, and it's sad, it's always about the money, isn't it? But we can't go and do the ministry that God calls us to until we have obedient supporters just like you. So friends, we, we just pray that you would allow God to speak to you in whatever he's calling you to do and however you might want to partner with us because then we can be your hands and your feet extended to the people of Burundi. Friends, we, we just pray that you would partner with us and that you would stop at the table out in the foyer area and let us tell more about our story and, what, and how you might be able to partner with us through your act of obedience. Because we can't do it alone. We're a small team, but the church extended can take the gospel and the good news around the world. So my encouragement to you today, friends, is as we learn and we study the, the act of obedience of, of Gideon and what's happening, how and what might God be calling you to in an act of obedience? I don't know where you're at in life, and I don't know what's happening, but I do believe that God has a special call in every single one of your lives and how you be obedient and how you respond, God will reward you for that. And God will open doors and provide exactly what he needs you to do. Friends, if you would bow your heart with us this morning as we pray and, and that we seek, again, God in, in his obedience. Father, I thank you for allowing us to come this morning to, and to share just briefly your word and your, your act of obedience that you would have for each and every one of us. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just minister, that you would anoint, that you would speak even right now to every heart, every man, woman, every boy, every girl. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would be resident in our hearts and our lives, that you would cause us to be obedient to whatever it is and wherever it is that you might take us and however it is that you might cause us to be used by you. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here and to present just briefly this morning, Father God, the story of obedience in our ministry to Burundi. Father, I pray your blessing upon each and every one of the people here today that you would speak, that you would minister, that you would bless them beyond measure. 
Father God, guard our hearts and our minds now as we stay on you in your act of obedience. Thank you, Father. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand? We're going to end with a little bit of worship here. I've got one more song we'd like to share with you guys. Uh, but as the worship team is coming up, I want to just invite you to take a moment and I want to pray over Todd and Julene and just believe uh, for God's presence upon their lives and upon their ministry. And so uh, normally we like to surround people and put hands on them. Uh, today, uh, just with where we are in our country and what's going on with the pandemic, I'm not going to invite everybody up here, uh, but I would invite you to extend your hearts, extend your hands, and let's, let's believe that God is going to bless them as they go. And as you leave, make sure you grab your bag of popcorn, but when you grab your bag of popcorn, make sure you grab a prayer card for them as well. And I, I like to tell people, either put it on your fridge or in your Bible, whichever you open most often, and remember to be praying for these great missionaries and the work that God is doing in and through them and what he is going to launch them into as they head out to Burundi. So can I pray over them? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for just their willingness and their obedience to come here and to share their hearts with us. God, I thank you for what doors you are opening up for them in the country of Burundi. And we believe that you are going to create great fruit, that as they go there to minister health care needs, as they go there to raise up leaders, that you are going to not only use them strategically to bless the people of Burundi, but also to raise up a generation that recognizes their call, that recognizes the obedience that needs to be upon their lives. I pray that you would help them, that you would bless them, that you would bring in the financial support that they need, that you would bring in the prayer warriors around them that they need, that you would bring in every need that they have, that they could recognize that as you've called them to do this impossible work, you are surrounding them with a great host of witnesses, a great host of supporters who are going to help them to do the things that you have called them to do. And so we trust you for that today. God, if there's anyone who is worshiping with us today, either online or, or here in person, who senses that call on their lives, I pray that you would help them to connect with us and to find ways to partner so that they can find out what you have called them to do. And if there's anyone who needs you, that they're, they're connecting with us today and they recognize they need your spirit, they need your presence, they recognize there's something about Jesus they need, I pray that you would draw them right now, that they would make a decision to follow you and that you would allow more people to be brought into the kingdom this morning as we praise you and as we honor you. God, we thank you for what you're doing here. We bless you and we say that today we will follow wherever you lead us. We love you so much, and we pray these things in your name. Amen.